This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. So Dave, have you ever heard this song? It's the most wonderful time of the year. You know, this is, <laughs> we have a corny <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But, but have you ever heard that song? Yeah, absolutely, okay, what, I have. What well, season of the oh, year is it? I don't know, I think it's yeah. Christmas. Christmas, no, no, it's not Christmas. That song has got to be talking about the fall. <laughs> At least if you're a fly fisher, an outdoors person. I mean, come on, the fall is the most wonderful time of the year. I would agree with that. Yeah, man, the maples are turning reddish-orange here in the Midwest. And, and out west, the aspen leaves turn that fluorescent yellow. Uh, there's a chill. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're laughing is because in the podcast script for the opener, it has <laughs> there's a child in the air as opposed to there's a chill in the air. There's a chill in the morning air. Oh, great. Oh, my. Well, and if you're in the West, too, you, you sometimes get to hear the, an elk bugle that just uh, pierces in the, the morning and just echoes it's across the It's the strangest sound wall. in the oh, wild, man. I think. It is. I love it. But it is. It's one of our favorite times of the year to fly fish. So today we're going to tell you why we love fall fishing and how you can prepare for a successful time in the river. Uh, Dave, what is it that's so magical about fly fishing in the fall? Why do we love it? The first is simply the crowds are gone. <laughs> yes. I mean, absolutely yeah. gone. In yeah. fact, the crowds often leave around the third week of August. School yep, they do. mindset kicks in. Yep. Um, Labor Day. There's just something psychological mm -hmm. about that time of year, and something flips. People start thinking about something else. Uh, hunters yeah, start that's a focusing. Big part of yeah, it that's too. a big thing. Guys are hunting, and and I know when I lived. Uh, well, the first year that I moved to Montana, uh, back in the mid '80s, I I didn't have a uh, couldn't get a resident license, couldn't afford to, so I I fly fished that whole fall, and and I had a blast. I mean, I was fly fishing late October. You know, everybody else is hunting, and, yeah. and of course I was the next year, but. Uh, that, that is a great time. Yeah, the, the crowds are gone. I mean, if for no other reason. Well, what's another huge. reason uh, that you love fishing the fall? You know, for me, it's a chance to catch big browns, uh, some of those uh, yep. spawners. Yep. That's yep. a lot yep. of fun. In fact, I've told this story before, but uh, a few years ago when I lived in Montana, it was the opening weekend of rifle season, and I was going to take my son, uh, my sons out and... But it was it was just so warm, and I, I said, guys, uh, we're you know we're not gonna f we're not gonna hunt today. If we get something down, even if we could, uh, uh, it's just too hot. The meat would spoil. So we took off and went to the lower Madison, actually into the Bear Trap, where you and I fished uh, quite a bit. And man, we hooked into some really really big browns, you know, 18, 19, 20 inch wow. uh, browns that were spawners, and uh, it. it you know that that's just that's what you get in the fall uh, down in West Yellowstone, but but anywhere anywhere you're fishing where there are browns. Years and uh, years ago, when actually you and I first started fishing, remember uh, 
Elk Creek, yeah, which yep. flowed out of the scapegoat scapegoat wilderness yep. near Augusta, Montana. Gear, uh, near Augusta, yep. Montana. So the Browns were not running at that time, but we would. I remember catching some huge Browns out of those beaver ponds. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and the beaver ponds were so deep; it was hard to get yep. your fly down into the bottom of the pool. But oh man, I oh, I think great. some of those were three, four, five pound Browns. Yeah. No, not five pounds. They get bigger though as the years go <laughs> they by. They do. Don't they? <laughs> But yeah. they were big oh, browns. They were. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. So the fall is great, and yeah. there was absolutely nobody fly fishing. Yeah. And with the crowds and the mm-hmm. pressure. By the way, I should tell you this. I heard yesterday on the radio they were talking about the decline of golf in this country. And with Tiger Woods uh, not being on top of his game, he was such an attraction to the sport. Wow. But they're saying now that even though there are all these courses now, that the numbers are not there anymore. And I thought to myself, man, I wonder if all the numbers are now going into fly fishing. Wow. And and maybe it's not. I, I'm not. I've not looked at the data. Um, there's yeah. probably more people fly fishing yeah. just because mm-hmm. there's 319 yeah. million people in this country. Well, but... think what'll happen when we stop fly fishing. I mean, people are just gonna <laughs> flee from the sport, huh? Yeah, we'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> just got what you were saying yeah so we are yeah. like tiger woods <laughs> that, that's right yeah no I'm, I'm i'm not surprised you didn't make the connection we are not the tiger woods of fly fishing that's for sure that's hilarious yeah oh, so the fall great. is great to yeah. catch those big spawners you bet. Um, it is yeah it's a lot huge. of fun yeah what huge. else what, what else well i think you can fly fish into late october and generally the temperatures are really pretty pleasant oh, they really are they really are i know i've had a couple of days here or there where you get some, some snow coming snow, down but uh yeah a lot of times just some gorgeous sometimes days. into early november it just doesn't cool down i mean the right, nights really yeah. cool down but mm-hmm. you get those higher temps into the 60s and the 70s yeah. late in, or even early into yeah. november now that's not every year True. it reminds me of uh of, of hunting in north dakota mm-hmm. we go back and hunt every fall we used to go back the second weekend of October for opening pheasant, but in mm-hmm. recent years it's been so warm we end up not getting any goose yeah. hunting in, and so now we go the last weekend of October we don't catch the opener, but we also get better mm-hmm. goose hunting. But yeah. even then, I was there for two weeks last fall, took a two week sabbatical, and um, we were the weather up until like the sixth or seventh of November was still, huh. it was still hitting the fifties and sixties in North Dakota. Wow. So that is great. Anyway, so the the fall is long. Oh, it really it's just is. It's a long, long season. It is. Hey, Dave, there's one more reason. I mean, th- this may be the most important one of all. And that is the days are shorter, so we get to our favorite restaurants earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Had to throw that in. Uh, absolutely. Oh, it gets man. dark early. So, man, by 530, we're yeah. uh, eating steak and shrimp. Yep, that's right. <laughs> But what does it take? Uh, what does it take to uh, fly fish in the fall? What, what are some of the adjustments you have to make? Or what are some of the things that you have to know? The first is gear. And you could make a case for purchasing insulated waders. Yeah. Um, I don't have a pair of insulated mm-hmm. waders. Uh, I just simply, you know, layer on some... Uh, some what we call in North Dakota long johns yeah <laughs> but just you know layer some clothes underneath so um, but I could see that you actually would want a pair of insulated waders if in fact you find yourself fishing below sub-zero temps but in the fall you don't have to do that no and the problem is if you take insulated waders out the day may turn out to be a 60 degree day well that's just the issue yeah. right so yeah you can uh, you can layer 
you know, all kinds of stuff that you can you can put on underneath those waders. But, but the biggest thing is rain gear. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. when it's snowing or raining, I mean, there's just mm -hmm. nothing like yep. good rain gear, and that can make you know a great day on the river even better because you're not freezing yep. and need to go home. The weather changes. I remember one October day, I was floating the Yellowstone in Paradise Valley with a friend, and and we. Yeah, we, we started out, we had really nice weather, and boy, though, by the evening, we were out there later than we wanted to be, and it started spitting snow. I mean, we were freezing cold, and, and it just struck me how quickly the weather can change. Yeah, those squalls move in. Yep. I remember you and I fishing in late September, probably, oh, it was four or five years ago, do you remember mm -hmm. we made that trip? You know, yeah. And the problem was it was kind of a nondescript trip because we mm -hmm. it was kind of middle to late September. Right. The browns were not yeah. quite running mm -hmm. yet. It wasn't one of our better trips. No. But I remember one of those days where the weather, the weather pivots, and next yep. thing you did, next thing you have mm -hmm. is snow coming down. You got a yep. foot of snow. So, um, yeah, weather is huge. Yep. Something else too, and, and you just touched on it, but. There has to be a commitment to uh, stripping streamers, you know, woolly buggers, uh, even nymphing. If, if you love dry fly fishing, there is some, but uh, really the fall is a time for uh, fishing beneath the surface. Uh, I remember you and I went out to uh, Yellowstone back about a decade ago in, in the fall, and I uh, remember we hiked up to our one of our favorite runs on the Yellowstone River above Tower yeah, Fall. Yep. And man, we, we, we made a killing, but they were all on woolly buggers. Yeah, there was nothing on the surface. Yeah, I remember, I think we tried a tractor dries because it was still, it's like you say, it was in that mid-range. It was, we, we thought it might be early enough that, that there were still some dry fly activity, but they didn't look at a thing. No, everything was under the water. No, but as soon as we put uh, woolly boogers on, man, they, uh, uh, they hit those. Yeah, so if you're gonna fish in the fall, you're going to have to fish beneath the surface, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, you I, really do. It probably depends on where you're fishing, but right. at least in the West. Yeah. I also think, you know, which is a corollary to that, is hatches are shorter and more sporadic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I have fly fished hoppers, you know, into September. I don't know that I've ever done it in early October. Have you right. ever fished hoppers in October? No, no, I haven't. I've, I've heard some people say that once in a while, hopper season will stretch that long. just depends on the place, the what the weather pattern is that year. And caddis are generally done as you get further into yeah, the fall. Yeah, um, they really are. Yeah, you really are need to commit to fishing beneath the surface, you do. don't you? Now, I remember Bud Lilly, just a fabled fly fisher in the Bozeman area. Uh, he always used large attractor dries, but he would, yeah, he, he would, he'd use large sizes. I mean, typically we're fishing. What's large? Okay, so in the summer, we're fishing between 14 and 18. 18 being, you know, really small and, and 14 being, well, that seems like a big fly. He was using eight and 10, you know, size uh, flies. So these are big flies. And, and that would be something to keep in mind. But uh, that, that's my hope is that a local fly shop would help you out with that and say, hey, you know, here, here's something you may not have thought of. Uh, you know, use this size 8 or this size 10 uh, uh, Royal Wolf or some attractor pattern. So it, it can happen, but, uh, but yeah, like we've said, generally you're going to be fishing under the surface. And with, with all of the, uh, uh, the, the spawning that, that's going on, um, 
yeah, it's a good time to use some egg patterns. Yeah, definitely. That, that often works. Also, I think because of the cooler temps at night, the best fishing times tend to move back into midday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's true. One, yeah, we're in the summer. You're saying, oh, it's too hot. Let's let's do the early morning and then uh, late afternoon and evening. But you're right, midday. One thing that always hits me when I go back west, now that I live in the Midwest, is how far the temp drops from the yeah. daytime mm-hmm. high. Yep. So when I was out in Colorado, I think it got up to 90 one day, but the temp had dropped mm-hmm. down to 50 at night. Yeah. Yep. And so when you deep when it, when you go deeper into the fall, that temp will drop down to 30 oh. degrees. Dave, we had days in Montana. I, I loved it when we lived there where it seriously in September, it would hit 80, 81, 82 in the day. And then at night, it was 38, 39 degrees. That's crazy. That's such a big yeah, swing. Yeah, it really is. a 40-point swing. Yeah, That's amazing. It sure is. And we just talked about spawning um, a moment ago. So one thing, and, and if you're new to fly fishing, uh, if, if you've fly fished a while, you, you know this. This is old news. But if you're new, uh, the, the brown trout and the brookies are fall spawners. The rainbows and the cutthroats spawn in the spring. So if you're fishing in October and you're on a stream, you're in a river where there are uh, brown trout, it could even be with brookies, but it seems like, uh, you know, browns maybe just because they're such bigger fish and you you actually, uh, you, you really see that the spawners, uh, just be careful. Uh, stay off what's called the reds. Uh, R-E-D-D-S. Uh, the reds, that's just a name for spawning beds. And the way you can identify a spawning bed is just looking for shiny gravel. In fact, you will often see, uh, you'll see spawners. Uh, last year, I was uh, fishing the Owyhee River in eastern Oregon uh, near my uh, in-laws, and I actually took my, my wife and my uh, in-laws out to the Owyhee one afternoon. We just drove out there so they could uh, look at it. They had been out there in several years. And, and you fly fished while yeah, they watched you? You know, I actually didn't. Somehow I resisted the urge to do that. Like like a good son-in-law yeah, and a good, good husband. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened that day. That was a, that was a minor miracle that I did fly fish. But we watched. Uh, we watched some spawners. That was a lot of fun. And they, they got to see uh, spawning fish. So y- you might see the fish themselves, but if you look for shiny gravel, stay off that. And I think in the Midwest, um, I'm thinking of the driftless. You know, there are wild browns that do do reproduce in the right. spring. So they're mm-hmm. also. But the season, I know, in Wisconsin closes at I think it's October first. Yeah, now they they've close opened that it. up recently, mm-hmm. um, but they close it now. That, it does make sense. You know, in a smaller stream, it's like well. As soon as you step into it, you, you can be stepping yeah, into absolutely. a spawning area. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, some rivers will shut down the fly fishing just because of that, of, of that very reason. Well, so, the fall is just a terrific time yeah, really uh, is. to fly fish. You and I are planning a trip here soon yeah. uh, out to Montana. We want to fish. Um, actually, we're still trying to think about what we're planning to fish. What do you think we're going to do this year? Yeah, we've got several options. You know, there's some stuff on the the, the Madison where the, the browns spawn. We, we've thought about getting up to West Yellowstone. That does get crowded that time of year, but... The barn pools? 
Yeah, that that that's always crowded. But but even the whole stretch there from there into Madison Junction and then, you know, down to uh, you know I think to Hebgen Lake. But that's an option. We're going to look at uh, the Missouri River, you know, up near uh, Great Falls and uh, below uh, one or a couple of those dams. Hey, another place that that I want to look at sometime too is the Gardner River, uh, right inside uh, Yellowstone Park at the north entrance uh, near Gardner. Uh, it's the Gardner River, but it's really a stream. You know, it yeah. really is a small stream. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll take a look at those. But, yeah, a lot of good options in the fall, and we haven't done a good fall trip out west for a few years, so we're going to give it a whirl. you think we could go into the park and fish below Tower Fall? You think? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could. In fact, we just do what we did before, just uh, throw um, woolly buggers. Woolly buggers. There's no browns in that section, but those cutthroat are really Hungry that willing time, yeah. to... Yeah, to eat. And I, I remember the first, I think I mentioned that back in the mid-80s when I moved to Montana, uh, couldn't hunt the first year, couldn't afford the non-resident license. And so uh, I fly fish. One of the things I did is I went up and fished that. That may have been the first time. And it was in, it was in late October. And There was uh, no snow up there yet? You could no, still get there? No, right. There wasn't. You know, huh. that, that can change in a heartbeat. But yeah, drove right in and uh, walked up, no snow, and yeah, they were they were hitting uh, woolly buggers. So a lot of good options in the fall, and I know around here, even up in Wisconsin, like you said in the Driftless, there's some good places, and and here in in the uh, Midwest too, if you're near the Great Lakes, uh, the the Browns, and, and and of course salmon too will be running, uh, you know, in the fall, and and I've caught some really nice salmon in the Milwaukee River. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you know, not that far north of where the, you know, the the Bucks play, and uh, uh, it's it, it's good stuff. So uh, yeah, very very well worth the time. All right, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. Bill recently posted this on our website. He said, "You mentioned several times that in rattlesnake country you wear waders even in hot weather. How and why is this effective?" I live in South Central Kentucky where we have both rattlers and copperheads. Oh man, copperheads. We had those back in my grandparents' farm in Pennsylvania. Yeah, Don't like those at all. Yeah, anyway, Bill says, during turkey season, I wear snake boots. You know, that's a great question. How and why is this effective? We don't want to give the impression that that's a foolproof because uh, it's not. No, absolutely not. I think not. what it is, it's one more line of defense. and. You know, typically the waders that we use, they're they're a little bit loose, and I think the hope is that maybe a uh, if a rattlesnake struck your waders, that that it would it would uh, it could get caught in your waders. Now that could be another issue. Yeah. Uh, but it could be uh, three inches away from your leg. Uh, so, yeah, that, that we don't want to claim at all that it's some sort of foolproof, very safe method. It's, it's not. It's kind of convenient, right? It's one extra piece. Yeah, that it is, is exactly right. It is. It's it's not that waders are strong enough to stop that bite. It's just that they're yeah they're loose fitting enough that yeah that the the rattlesnake is striking your your waiter, which might be two or three inches away from your your calf rather than yeah. directly at your yeah. calf muscle. Yeah, yeah. Our very white calf muscles when we're <laughs> when we're uh, wet waiting. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for today. What tips do you have for fall fly fishing? 
Uh, we'd really like to have you share your thoughts with us by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. What wisdom or practical advice for fly fishers who are about to venture out to rivers and streams in the fall do you have? You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to visit our podcast on iTunes and rate it. Give us a review. Also, you can download a podcast app on your phone and receive our weekly podcasts. That's how I listen to most of the podcasts that I subscribe to. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs>